Hey guys, we are going to cut over to today's episode in just a moment. I just have a pretty important announcement that I got to share with you before we get started. And that is that we are bringing ads back to the podcast. You will now hear ads on Sunday episodes. I'm sure some of you are pretty upset at the news and some of you are like, yeah, Leanne, you finally brought them back. I missed them so much. I've learned that I really can't please everyone. Some people were really upset that we dropped ads. Some people were really happy that we dropped ads. We probably gained new listeners by not having ads, but it really comes down to the fact that I just can't sustain this long term. And I hope you understand that the business requires it. And I think a lot of our listeners also require it too. So we're taking a little bit of a different stance than we did before where we had ads on the podcast, three ads each podcast, where we had them on the blog, in the newsletters, and social media. All we're doing for right now and really running with this change is incorporating one ad per podcast at the beginning of the episode. That's it. What does this mean for you if you're a Patreon? So if you've been supporting us on Patreon, uh, we tried to supplement our ad income by adding Patreon where people could donate money and then get free things and exclusive content. I'm actually going to continue with Patreon. Uh, we renamed it to Keto Unlimited. You can find more by going to theketounlimited.com. And this is where I'm going to be sharing personal keto stories, resources, videos, interviews, giveaways, you name it, stuff that will never hit the blog or the podcast or social media. I just like making stuff there. And the community has been really, really great. And I just really want to continue with it. And also, if you're kind of upset at the fact that we're bringing back ads at theketounlimited.com, you can actually sign up as a You Are Loving member and get our Sunday episodes delivered to you a day early without ads. And they're in video format. So there's an option for you as well. So this is the part in the program where I hit you with an ad. And I think you're going to like it because we've taken an educational stance with our ads. So today's episode is brought to you by Perfect Keto Base. They're exogenous ketones. And the main question that I get when it comes to exogenous ketones is, what are they? When do I use them? How do I use them? So what they are, are a non-carb source of energy. So you would want to take them whenever you need usable energy that's not a stimulant. It could be when you want to beat keto flu, upping your performance at work or exercising, to extend a fast, uh, to get into ketosis if you're having a hard time adapting. My favorite way to incorporate exogenous ketones is in my fatty coffees. I don't love adding it to water because I don't think they taste great in water. And I'll be the first to say I wouldn't recommend adding an entire scoop into water and then pretending to love it because I find the taste to be a little bit off-putting. But the benefits outweigh the taste for me. And I, when I add it to coffee, I really don't taste it. So the best thing to do is to start small and move your way up to a full scoop. Right now, even I do about a quarter a scoop every other day. And that works really well for me. So the mega offer for all listeners that I'm pretty stoked about is that if you head on over to perfectketo.com slash K D P one five, you can get $15 off, which is a 25.5% discount on perfect keto exogenous ketones from September 2nd to 30th, 2018. Again, that's perfectketo.com slash K D P one five. And you can use the coupon code K D P one five 
in order to get that discount. Now, if you're listening to this episode a little bit later in the year and you're like, shoot, it's not September 2nd to the 30th of 2018, you can just go to Perfect Keto and use the coupon code HEALTHFUL, all in caps, for 15% off. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, happy Sunday. It's September 2nd and I'm sitting here in Oregon recording this a couple of months before because I'm in the process of writing a new book and couldn't even fathom the idea of also recording podcasts at the same time. So I hope you really enjoy this episode, episode number 101 of the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're chatting all about what you should do on keto quote unquote, living life without macro rules, body resiliency, and so much more. So I met today's guest at the Portland book signing. And I just, she's just such a special being. And I know that if you are a Patreon watching the video, you'll see that she is just unbelievably amazing. And she has such a great story. So if you're dig in this content and you want the podcast extra for today's episode, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E101. I got one cool thing for you. And that is that I've put together an eight step guide on how to end your weight loss struggles. And you might be thinking this episode is about macro free living. Why are we talking about weight loss? Well, I think that lying about the fact that many of us want to lose weight while also being keto and feeling good is just like not helping. And so I understand that so many women listening right now want to lose weight and also feel great and also be free of food restriction and feeling bad about our bodies. And I think all of these things can coexist together by focusing on our health. We are naturally going to get to our happy weight, whatever that may be. And so this free guide guides you on how your hormones play a role in your weight and your overall health, the role that stress has on your ability to become properly fat adapted, and so much more. You can grab it by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash weight. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women, so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, heal your body quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. And now, here's your host. You might know her as the Keto Queen. She's the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of Happy Keto Body, and she loves dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo, Leanne Vogel. Today's guest is Rachel Wilson, who plans to swim in every clear lake in Oregon before she is 30 years old. Her watery nature informs her writing and the way she perceives humanity. She has been published in Driftwood Press and Collected. She is a poet, printmaker, and future marriage and family therapist who is looking forward to blending writing and therapy to help the world around her figure out their own ways of swimming in the depths. Along with lakes and writing, she especially loves avocados and her coon hound, Mulder. I love that name. Oh my gosh, amazing. So like I said, I met Rachel on tour. She came to the Portland event and she was just so wonderful. And, and this kind of kicks off more guests 
on the show that we're going to be featuring that are real women living keto, adjusting it to fit their lives and just their stories around that and how they have changed their ketogenic experience, uh, the things they've struggled with, the things they're still struggling with. I just find that there's so many resources out there that will tell you what to do but not a lot of resources out there that show how women are doing it on a daily basis. So before we cut to this interview, I just want to let you know that we do chat about some eating disorders stuff very lightly, but if you're triggered by conversations about a disordered relationship with food, I would skip this one and just head on back to a previous episode or a mini-sode or something maybe you haven't caught up on. Okay, let's get to this interview. Hey, Rachel, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. We met in Portland. I know. I was so excited. <laughs> I know. I know you were. You were like the brightest smile at the book signing in Portland. Like you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually, it's funny because that day I had gone swimming in a lake and I had like rushed home so that I could get home in time for that book signing. And I was like a few minutes late, but I had been swimming all day in this lake, like hours away. And I rushed home so that I could get to your book signing in time. It didn't even look like you were in a lake all day. <laughs> like, what do people look like when they've been in a lake all day? I don't know. <laughs> I know it was it was funny well thanks so much for coming and thanks for coming on the show you shared a little bit of your story with me and I just I don't know like it just it felt so powerful to me and there's always people at the book signings I mean every individual is so powerful and amazing and your story just stuck out of like you've done you've done a lot of things you've been a lot of places and you've experienced a lot of stuff yeah Totally. I've lived kind of all over the country too, but especially with my health journey, just like trying to deal with PCOS and, and finding keto, I feel like I've, I've been kind of all over with that too. Hmm. So before we get started on your story, I'd love to ask you, what does keto mean to you? Yeah. So I think for me, keto really was like a key to unlocking this door of like freedom. Um, when I found like low carb eating, it was this, it was like freedom for me, freedom from like food obsession, freedom from like, in some ways, like symptoms of my PCOS and keto really gave me a lot of the tools that I needed to live the life that I wanted to live. And it just gave me the resources and like the way of eating that I had been looking for and like searching for and, and hadn't found, like I had tried all these different things and like nothing fit. And when I found keto, it was, it was just like, it fit with my body. And it was like, I knew this was the way that I was supposed to be eating. And so for me, keto just, it kind of just means freedom. Mm, I love that. Me too. Very similar. So what was your health like before keto? Like days before you found the ketogenic diet, what space were you in? What was happening? Oh, <sighs> It's kind of, I mean, it's, it was all over the place. Like there were times before keto where I was doing better. Like I actually had a summer where I, I cut out sugar. And so, and I had been gluten-free for years and years and years before I started keto. So there were like peaks and valleys um, where my health was better at times than other times, but I really struggle with sugar addiction and binging on sugar. And before I found keto, it was 
I was still struggling with a lot of my PCOS symptoms, although a lot of them had been resolved actually just due to, I had been really diligent about finding doctors that could help me and going to acupuncture. And I can talk more about that later, but I had tried so many different things. And up until I found keto, it it was, like I said, it was, it was very inconsistent. Like there are times when I was doing really okay. And then there were times when, it, and I never knew where I was going to be. Like there are times when my health was really bad and times when it was really good. And it, it felt very much like out of my control. And when we feel out of control, I know, especially with me and my eating, <laughs> my relationship with food and how deep I went down in the rabbit hole of using, oh, your cat. <laughs> I know. I tried to find him to put him away, but he. Oh, adorable. That's okay. Join the party. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this on video, your cat just walked by. What's his name? Snooks. Snooks. <laughs> Amazing. So when I felt less and less control, I used food or not eating or binging in order to fill that void of being able to control my food. Was that how you were able to control when you felt out of control as well? Yeah. Like for me, when I felt out of control, it's like I would try to restrict or I would try to control more, but it always backfired and it would just lead to being more and more out of control. And for me, like, and I, and I can also like, this ties into later stuff, but it was just finally realizing that like, I don't really have control, like quote unquote control over, over, over this stuff. Like, um, I can just show up in my body the way that I am today and, and do the best with with how eating the best that I can eat today and, and how that looks for me, but like trying to restrict or like eat this or eat that. Or even there was like a certain time when I was like very strict keto and like tracking all my macros and, and that just didn't work for me because it was like this illusion of control that actually like spiraled me down more into like, than a loss of control, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so how did you go from tracking all of your macros? So now you're eating keto and I'm assuming that when you started keto, you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to track everything. Was that kind of how it started? Yeah. So I actually, when I started keto, you were one of the first people that I started following. And I was a little bit like gentler when I started keto and I wasn't super intense about it, but then I started like following these communities online, like the Facebook communities, and they can be really intense on there. And I was like, oh, maybe I should be, you know, making sure that I'm under 20 grams of carbs a day. And I need to be like tracking my food. And I had a long history um, of doing that my whole entire life of like tracking in my fitness pal. And so I was like, I'm going to go back to doing that. And, and I did, and it very quickly like did not work for me because I just realized like, it's not the type of life that I want to lead. <laughs> yeah. And so was it sort of like this moment of, wait, I don't want to live this life? Or did it kind of work up to, oh my gosh, I'm a hot mess. I need to change something. Like, what was that transition like for you? And you just said, enough's enough. I got to change this. I think it was like, I was eating a certain way and I was trying really hard to restrict, but then I would have like I would still have days where it's like, I would just eat all the things or I would like go off keto or, and it's just like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't working for my body. And if I, and it's also like, not the way that I want to live my life. Cause I was still obsessed 
even though I was eating keto, then I was still obsessed with body image and food and like the way that I was eating and how I showed up in the world, if that makes sense, like the way my body looked and the things that I was eating and this exact meal has to be this exact way. And it's like, I don't want to put so much energy into these things. Like I don't have enough time for that. And just like realizing I had, there's so like, life is so much bigger than this. Um, there's so many other things in the world that I feel like I'm meant to do. And it's like definitely not tracking my calories. It's like definitely not tracking my carbohydrates. And there's, I still feel like I'm meant to eat a low carb diet just because of my health issues, but there's a way that I can do that. That doesn't require, it's more like intuitive eating for me. It doesn't require being like having my phone out at all times and like having like a a scale in the kitchen, like I can do that with just being in tune with my body. And that feels way more natural and like just way more in tune with the way that I want to live my life. Because when I was eating keto that way, I, the way where I was tracking everything, it, it made me, it made me like obsessive and crazy about food. And that just like, it felt very in line with like, my eating disorder ways. And like, that's just not, like I said, it's not the way that I want to live. Mm -hmm. So you decide that this isn't the way you want to live and you're tracking everything. Did you quit cold Turkey? Was it like day zero, this day one, something else, or did you transition over slowly? Cause I think a lot of people hear this and they're like, I could never like, Oh my gosh, Rachel's so brave. I could never do this. You know, I think, I think I transitioned over slowly. Like there were times when I still wanted to look up like how many carbs, like, and occasionally I'll still do that. Like I'll look on my phone, like how I'll Google, like how many carbs are in something. And like, that's okay. Like, I'm just curious. And during that time when I was more heavily tracking, like I would maybe like track some meals, but like not others. And it was just like a process of like phasing out. But at that time, I think I was able to phase out more more quickly in some ways because I had luckily not been tracking for a super long time when I was doing keto. So I had been, I kind of just like did it for a while and then I stopped doing it because I realized it didn't work for me. But I really, for anybody who's, who's like curious about not tracking and feels like they can't do it, I would just suggest like maybe doing it slowly. Um, for me, like when I originally, before I even started eating keto and I was just tracking all the time, I just slowly stopped tracking. And if that just meant like tracking my breakfast and then not tracking my lunch and dinner or like tracking my breakfast and lunch and then not tracking my dinner, just like trying to get out of like the mindset of like, I have to be obsessive about this thing. I mean, it can be a slow process and that's okay. Just being gentle with ourselves about it. Mm, I did that same strategy. I was like, I'm just not going to track breakfast. And that that was like a month of just not tracking breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah, like, totally. I'm not going to track lunch, you know, baby step it. And so what's your relationship with macros now? Because I really see myself as kind of living macro free living. I just, I don't have a macro life. <laughs> How do you feel about macros? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I do have PCOS and I feel like as somebody with PCOS, I've noticed at least in my body that I do better when I have lower carb days. And that's just like an intuitive thing that I feel. And it's not like I track my macros and I, I don't know, but I just, I know that I feel better when I don't have, like when I don't eat a lot of carbs. But that being said, if I feel like eating things that like aren't 
keto things like in the summer, like I love peaches or like I love watermelon and those aren't necessarily keto friendly foods, but this is my life and I'm going to like freaking live it. Like I'm not going to miss out on like eating watermelon on a summer day, you know? And that's just how I come to keto. And I know a lot of people would disagree with that. And, and there's some days too, where it's like, I don't feel like eating watermelon and that's okay. And like, it's not like I'm eating watermelon every day, but it's just, it's like a, it's like a balance for me. Um, and I just can't be super strict about it. Um, I just don't want to, I want to, I want to live my life and enjoy the things that I really enjoy. For me, I do have like some, like I don't eat sugar. Like I, I mean, I eat fruit sugar, but I don't eat like sugar in, in chocolate or candy. And that's a pretty strict thing that I try to stay to. And just because it works better for me. Um, I have found that like even trying to eat that in moderation once in a while definitely doesn't work. And a lot of people like feel like it's better if they can eat sugar in moderation. And I totally get that because most people are like that. But for me, it's just better if I, if I don't. And so everybody's different. And I would just say like, you have to, for me, it's been like such a long journey of like exploring and trying different things and just like being in tune with my body and like figuring out like what's going to work and what isn't going to work and just trying different things. And like, if I eat something, it doesn't make me feel good. It's just information for next time. And then if next time I feel like eating it, just like, okay, I know that's not going to make me feel good. It's still my decision if I want to eat it or not, you know, like it's just, it's food. And the thing is food is such an emotional thing, at least for me. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, there's so many different variables when it comes to food and we eat it at least three times a day usually. And, and there's so many different ways that we come to food and we connect with people over food and there's just so many different things. It just can't be like, I'm going to eat keto three times a day, no matter what for the rest of my life. I mean, there's so many different variables there. So it's like, how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to show up coming to food? And, and what are the different emotional aspects that are in your um, landscape with food? Cause like, for me, it's like, I had to, I had a long journey of, of figuring that out and really, trying to figure out how to how to be at peace with myself and my body and like how I ate Mm -hmm. so beautifully said and so you mentioned a couple of times that calorie you know counting calories doing the macro thing obsessing about your body it was taking up a lot of time and you have a life mission of doing other things than counting your calories on your my fitness pal what sorts of things are you doing now that you didn't do before <laughs> well i am in grad school now which is pretty freaking cool and like i um I feel like now I'm like way more connected and present in my life. Um, I'm able to connect with people on a level that I wasn't when I was super obsessed and like in my eating disorder. And I consider that tracking like kind of part of like a, a component of being in my eating disorder and just being able to like be show up presently and, and, and just experience my life and the people that are in it. I really love to go swimming. Like I have so many different hobbies and interests and it's so cool. And it's like, I get to just show up to life and see where it takes me. Like I'm going traveling in a month, like by myself in Europe and just all these exciting things. And it's like, I wouldn't want to be tracking my food when I was like, when I'm like traveling Europe, you know? So like just 
the way, like just the freedom from food obsession basically is a relief and it allows me to really connect to people in a way that I, I wasn't able to before. And it's still, it's still a journey for me. Like I still, there's still times when like I get in that, that like, you know, when I have like days of body image, like issues and I feel like really obsessive about food or like, um, just like where I feel like I'm in, like, it's, it's going to be, I think a lifelong journey and that's okay. Like I've come to accept that. And I think it's just for me about like, I'm excited about growing and just seeing the growth that I have done up until this point is really exciting for me. And so just, I don't know, I think for me, the biggest thing has been able to just like step into my life and be present. Hmm. And do you think, I mean, it's hard to answer this question, but I'll ask you anyways, because I'd love your opinion. Do you think that all of this would have happened had you not gone keto? Like, do you feel like something happened when you started eating a bunch of fat that shifted your perspective on the world, your body? Did you feel that sense? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I feel like keto definitely saved my life in so many ways. And that for me, it's the way that works for me and my PCOS. And I feel like it's helped my mental illness, like my depression and anxiety in so many ways. And so, yes, I would say that eating fat has helped that so much. But I also am like a strong believer that everybody has their own health journey and their own way of eating to figure out. And I don't believe that there's like one way for everybody. I mean, keto might be a way for a lot of different people, but in that there's like a lot of different variations of keto and there's like a lot of different foods that may work for me that don't work for somebody else. And like, there's a lot of different ways to eat. And I just don't believe that there's one way that fits all the universe, you know? And I, I think there's a lot of people out there that like kind of advocate for that, that you should eat this way. It's going to like heal your life. And, and I get that people are passionate about food and that they want to help other people. And I feel that way about keto. Like I want to help other women with who experience PCOS because keto really did help me with my PCOS. But I do know that there's other women with PCOS that have different types of symptoms that I have that have success on other types of diets. And so I just don't, I just want to say like, you have to experiment until you find what works for you. And for me, like keto was the answer, but if you try keto for a while, and I would say definitely try it for over a month, you know, but like, if you try keto for a while and it's not working for you, like try something else for me. Like I had to try so many different things until I found the thing that worked. And it's just every, and I'm still trying things like within keto, you know? So it's like, there's so many different variations and everybody's different and our bodies are so different. And it's just, you gotta, for me, I had to just be in tune and like find this like inner intuition about what worked for me and like go with that. Have you always been pretty intuitive with your body or is that something that's newish? I think I've always been like a pretty intuitive person and like kind of an, like I like an energetic person in some ways, but it was really hard when I was, you know, in my eating disorder and my food obsession, like I lost all of that. Like I wasn't in tune with the things that I was eating. I definitely wasn't in tune with my body. And so in this process, it's been, I've had to like get more in tune with feeling into how does this make me feel when I eat this and just like really listening to my body and it's been kind of a journey for me of like rediscovering that. And like, I really have been actually kind of enjoying it. 
I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. A lot of people, I think, feel like they're like their bodies would be a burden, like their bodies are a burden. And by doing self-care and unpacking feelings that we have about stuff, that it's just one more thing you have to do. Did you ever feel that way of like, ugh, my body, like don't care at all? Yeah, all the time. I mean, especially when I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and I was stuck in this cycle of like binging and purging and that I couldn't get out of it and that I was eating sugar and like that my body didn't look the way that I wanted it to look. And I, you know, I definitely got to a point of just like feeling really apathetic about my body and just, and hating my body too. So it was kind of a mix of like being indifferent, but also like hating it. (laughs) And it sucks to feel that way. But I think realizing that like, I really like this book by it's called by hunger by Roxanne Gay. And she talks about how like resilient and powerful her body is no matter like what, and no matter how her body like may look or show up in the world. And I think that's true. Like for my body too, like my body is so resilient and powerful and just being able to like slow down and appreciate that. And my body, like my body's been through so much in this life already. And I'm so grateful for the body that I have. And I don't know if that sounds like if people like roll their eyes when they hear that, but like, I don't know. It's just, I'm really thankful that I got to a place now where I feel like I can, I can feed myself things that like nourish my body instead of just like binging and like purging and doing and, and, being in like this cycle of like self-hate. Yeah. It's hard. At least for me, I'm speaking from personal opinion. Now where I'm at with my body and how I feel about it. And just like you, like so appreciative and feeling like my body has been through so much. The fact that it is still functioning blows my mind what I've put it through and to put myself back in that space of binging and purging anorexia and all the like drug addiction it's hard to put yourself back in that space. Like how is that the same human being? Do you feel that way too? Yeah, totally. I feel like I've lived many lives, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Here's something body love. A lot of people that hear these sorts of conversations are like, I could never love every part of my body. How do you feel about loving your body? Like actually loving every inch Do you still um, obsess about certain things? Like you mentioned that you have like good days, bad days. You you still struggle with things, which we all do. What's your feeling on body love? Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's definitely something that I, I want to come to the world every day, like loving my body. And it's hard some days. It's like some days I feel way more in tune and more able to do that. And Other days, it's like, I'm so just like analyzing the way that I look and everything's wrong. And so the things that have helped, I think are, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about like being connected and being present. And so just like meditating and I like 
for me, like finding like some kind of spiritual practice and that can look like very differently depending on the day. Um, but you know, and for me that mostly just means like being connected to nature and, and finding something outside of myself that is bigger than me that can help me with this. But I think with like body love, it's like just coming to my body with like an appreciation and, and just, I don't know. It's hard some days though. Like I'm constantly, like we live in like a fat phobic society, like where I'm constantly bombarded with ideas of like people talking about losing weight or like whatever this, that, and the other. And I feel like I've had to have like really strong boundaries, especially with like a couple of my friends who are in like a very different maybe mentality than I have now about their body or like weight loss. And it's like, I just can't even have certain conversations without it being triggering for me. So I just, I've had to have like firm boundaries and that's been helpful for me. Like I just can't engage in certain conversations because it will get me spiraling myself. But I think also just, I don't know, not worrying so much about that stuff. Like I get out of bed you know, I take a cold shower every morning (laughs) and like I walk my dog and it's, I love my pets because they are like examples for me of like, they don't worry about that. Like they just show up the way they show up, you know? And it's like, I get to just show up the way that I show up. And I'm like, my life is so much bigger than that. And I know that, I don't know. I know maybe hearing that it sounds like, oh, how could I, how, when you're in it, it's so hard because it's like, I'm just feeling like I hate myself and it's so, so hard to get out of it. And I totally get that. And the things that have really helped me have been like meditating, even if it's for just like five minutes or three minutes in the morning, just like sitting still with myself, even if it's so uncomfortable is really helpful. And even if it's like a walking meditation, like I'll just walk and I'll just be really mindful about what I'm looking at and what is around me because I realize I walk places all the time and I I never see anything like I don't even notice things and it's like I live in this neighborhood and I don't even know what the house across the street looks like you know like really can I describe the house across the street if I'm not looking at it you know but I see it every day so that has been helpful and then just like also creating like a for me like body love like I've had to create a really strong support network for myself every, like every day, every week in order to sustain that. And if that falls out of place, like I can really quickly get to a place of like, oh, things are bad. Like my body looks horrible. I don't like myself. And so like having people that get it, that I can talk to about this stuff is really important to me. And that may look different for everybody. And but that's really important to me is like having people that are like supportive and understanding there's different communities. And like for PCOS, like one community that I really love is like the Reddit community. They're really supportive. And it was really helpful for me with my PCOS to find communities of women to talk to about it. I was diagnosed like when I was in my early twenties and it was, and I think it was like, it was 2009 and there was like, nobody was really talking about it. It was on the East coast. Like there was nobody that I could, I felt so alone. And so like I created a meetup group in New York for PCOS. And like at that time, like literally nobody, at least it felt like nobody was talking about PCOS. And 
I created a meetup group and I think one other woman showed up, but just having like this one other person that I could talk to about our bodies and like what was going on. And like, this was terrifying and just having that support and, and feeling supported and understood by another person was, is really helpful. And I have to continue to seek that out. I call people every day. (laughs) I mean, not just about this stuff, but just to connect with people like texting doesn't do it for me. And I know everybody's different, but that's just the way that I am. And I think another thing with body love is just like knowing it's okay. Like if you have setbacks, like for me, like I've definitely in this journey have had times when like, I'm not feeling great about myself or things are hard or whatever. And it's just all part of the process. And that's okay too. And just like being okay with wherever you're at, you know, cause it's all part of, it's all part of the journey. Mm, Yes. I love that you um, were talking about being understood. I think a lot of us just seek support and support is one thing, but you know, for somebody to just understand where you are and sit there and listen and just, I get it. Like I, I understand where you're at. I may not have experienced it, but understanding that space is so different than just connect not even a connection, but just like talking to somebody. That's something that I crave often and living in various places where I never really get to connect with people. It's been quite interesting on how I navigate that of that support system. And everyone, you're right. Everyone's life is a little bit different, but I can, I can totally understand where you're coming from that. And I also just want to take a moment to like say that I am so proud of you, what you've done. Um, An eating disorder is no, no funny business. And I remember going through treatment my first time and being told like, there's basically no hope for you. Like, this is so rare that you'll ever get over this. And that's what my therapist always said. And it was such a horrible feeling to know like, well, like, why am I even doing this? And I really thought that there was just no hope. And chatting with you and getting to meet with you the first time, even though we probably talked for two minutes, I was like, wow, she's a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to take a moment and say, just, I'm, I'm so proud of how you're processing all of this and just how you see your body in the world and knowing that you hold so much value on this planet to do things that doesn't involve staying small with counting calories. And that was very much the feeling I had as well is like, wait a minute, I could be on my phone or I could get a PhD. Like, (laughs) and you're doing that. You're going back to school. You're doing this thing. So I just wanted to take a moment to say like, well done. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And back at you. Thank you. What do you think is missing in the keto space right now? I would say like more conversations like this, like people that are more I don't know what I see in the keto space a lot is just like really strict keto and a lot of just like it, that isn't for me, that's like not sustainable. Like for me, keto is a lifestyle because of my PCOS, like because of my health issues, it's like, I know that I'm going to be eating low carb, you know, at least until it doesn't work for me anymore. I can't say forever because I, things change, but I see myself eating low carb for quite a while. And so just making keto more sustainable for people. I don't think like keto is sustainable for a lot of people if they're just eating 20 grams of carbohydrates for the rest of their lives um, and tracking and, and just like 
being able to like honor the food and like, like, I, I don't know that food is an emotional journey and like that you don't have to be so restrictive to eat keto, um, that you can be intuitive about it. And that I would love to see more women in the keto community that are just more intuitive with keto and more honest, maybe about just like their struggles and like their journey, um, like more people like you, Leanne, who are just like talking about what it's like to be eating keto in real life. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story and just being so open and honest. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I know there are women listening right now that appreciated it just as much as I did. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again next Sunday to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be confused as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcasts reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.